Hey, and welcome to the Connected Adventist Podcast. My name is Catalina, and I am the one and only host of this thing. Um, Thanks for coming and hanging out with me this week. I wanted to talk to you today about not being grateful for things. Um, And (laughs) this, this episode may seem a little bit weird in the sense of why wouldn't or why shouldn't we be grateful for things, but... I'm not actually going to be telling you to not be grateful for things, but rather I am going to challenge the idea of being grateful for things or maybe challenge you in being grateful for things that maybe are more consistent in our life. By that I mean, okay, so probably in one of like the darkest chapters of my life, um... I remember me being at a point where I was like, I was experiencing some really severe depression, which lasted about nine months. And I just remember like somewhere in those nine months thinking this is what the rest of my life is going to be like. I honestly and sincerely felt that there was no hope for me to get out of the darkness that I was experiencing in terms of pain, like emotional, psychological pain, um, in the sense of I couldn't see me functioning as I normally did prior to um, my depression and I couldn't see the direction that my family would be taking with me in this condition. And so because of those things, I honestly was like, okay, so this is what my life will be like until who knows when, until there is some moment where everything changes or there's a switch that gets flicked and all of a sudden I'm back to the Catalina that I used to be. And in all of that, I remember at one point I was listening to different podcasts and I listened to a podcast and it talked about gratitude and just being really thankful for what you do have in your life. And I guess acknowledging I guess the grace of God in your life through things that we may often take for granted or just not really appreciate it. We just expect it. And that sort of, I don't know if necessarily if that really helped to change my, my situation, but I did start being really intentional about being thankful for things that I just expect like clean water. I don't think many of us, we used to have a friend um, who whenever he had a glass of water, so he would come over to our place and, you know, he'd be like, oh, can I have a glass of water? I'd be like, yeah, sure. When he would come over to our place, he would give him a glass of water and he would say a short, super quick prayer of gratitude for his water. I remember watching that and being like, wow. I just fill up my water bottle and drink my two liters of water every day. And there is not one one point in that that whole day when I've drank my water that I was actually thankful for the fact that I can fill up, I can go to a tap and fill up my bottle whenever I want, as many times as I want, with water that is clean, water that I know is safe for me to drink. In comparison to people who have to walk kilometers or miles or whatever it is that you measure by um, and have to carry buckets of water 
And then the water that they get is actually not even clean. It's not even safe. They have to then process that water in order to make it drinkable. Like I remember at that point in in that whole chapter of my life, where I was like, okay, let me let me just be thankful for things so that I realize, you know what, life isn't all about the specific things that had got me into this depression to begin with. So I started being really thankful about things to the point where like, I wish I could tell you the things I'm thankful for, but that's probably too much information. We're probably not that tight. I mean, maybe we are that tight, but maybe you guys just don't want to hear that kind of stuff. But I, I thank God for bowel movements. And the reason why I do that is because I have a friend who died of cancer, who ultimately died from toxic poisoning because she had, um, through her chemo, they had um, damaged her intestines. And so as a result, she had, I don't even know what the, like, the real technical terms are, but she had like those sacs that collect her, um, her poo. And in... <clears throat> in changing one of those, they changed it incorrectly. And as a result, she ended up dying from poisoning, not even dying from the cancer. So I'm very aware of how much I underestimate the functioning, like the healthy functioning of my body. I'm thankful for health. I am thankful for, I thank God for my sheets on my bed, like my linen, um, I'm constant, like I am just constantly, because of that period, made me really aware of things to be thankful for. Because Catalina, in your selfishness, you don't even realize like how many things you should be thankful for. So, I I am in a position where I am super thankful about things that most people probably aren't thankful for. Um, but the awareness that I have of being thankful has been really important. But in the midst of that nine-month period, I honestly became, there were so many things that I was sad about, that I was upset about, and that is why I was in depression to begin with. There were so many things that were pulling me down because I was suffering in my own way. So many things that I honestly think I got to a point where I was like, even if I do have water, even if I do have a bed and a house and I have enough linen that I can change my sheets, you know, multiple times in a week. And even though I was being thankful for all these types of things, there was one point where I was, I decided to study Psalm 51, and that is a psalm that um, David wrote, and it's classified the psalm of repentance because of the fact that it speaks about, I believe it's probably one of the chapters where David is most repentant for what had happened with Bathsheba, and in that I didn't know the context of this verse. So it is a verse that says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit within me. Take not your Holy Spirit away from me. Um, and I've, I've, I've known that verse 
I think as long as I've been Adventist, I've known that verse, but never understood the context. And I remember one day just waking up, you know, trying to like want to read my Bible during this period of depression. I'm like, all right, let me read that because it's saying created me a clean heart and renew the right spirit. And the spirit that was in me during that time was definitely not a spirit that I wanted to stick around. So I'm like, give me the right spirit, whatever that spirit is. And so I decided to really study that, that particular chapter in depth. And it is a beautiful chapter. It took me about three months to study that chapter. And there's not that many verses. I don't even know how many verses, but it's not a big chapter. But it took me three months of just dissecting that thing and just pulling it apart and really understanding like what every passage said. Um, and in that, in that chapter, it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And I was like, wow, I'm like restoring me the joy of your salvation. And I think one of the biggest things that I have found, probably in moments of depression, um, in moments of being really discontent, in moments of being unhappy with life, it's very easy for us to try and look at the things that have us feeling that way for example if you know one of the one of the chapters when I was probably the most discontent was when I was homeschooling my girls um and it's a I mean they were they were pretty good at homeschooling so they weren't really the problem but rather it was this idea of I just didn't want to be at home I'm one of those people who likes to do things likes to be really active and for me, being at home, whether it was homeschooling my children or just being a stay-at-home wife, stay-at-home mom, it would have messed my head either way. Um, so it's not really so much that I had to be with the girls homeschooling, but rather the, the idea of just being at home and not really feeling like I was living to my full potential of what I could be doing for God, whether it was ministry or community service or doing things with the church like there was just there was so many limitations because I was at home so in those moments <clears throat> when I was feeling like that like it was very easy for me to not be thankful for my children to not be thankful for the fact that I don't have to go and work thankfully you know the the, the life that we live allows us to be able to live off one income um, in addition to that it was very easy to not be thankful for the fact that Stevie had enough work that I didn't need to go to go and work. Um, that he is a really good worker. He he's uh, his work ethics is epic. It was easy to not be thankful like that because I felt that everything that I could be thankful for were the very things that were keeping me in this state of depression or being discontent with my life and not functioning. Um, yeah, so when I read the passage, restore in me the joy of your salvation, I was like, David's not here praying, restore in me, you know, the, the joy of having not sinned or restoring me the joy of, um, accepting that my son had to die, restoring me the joy that 
I did what I did. He he didn't, it wasn't like, it was, his joy wasn't based on repentance or accepting the, the outcome of his choices. The joy that he was pleading for was the joy of his salvation. And I realized, and this is, this is when, and this is why I'm telling you to not be thankful for things. There comes a point where the things that I am thankful for today, which would be my marriage, my kids, um, being at home, um, living out in the country, living away from people. There are, there are things that I can sit here today by God's grace and only because of his mercy. I can be thankful for those things and appreciate those things. But at the same time, they're not the things that make me joyful. If we were to ask Job during like the peak of his loss, but Job, you know, be thankful for your family. Oh, wait up. They're all dead. Job, be thankful for, you know, the prosperity that God has given you. Oh, that's right. You have none. Job, how about you sit and be thankful for your health? Oh, that's right. Forgot. You've got sores all over your body and you want to die. There comes a point in our lives where I almost feel like it will seem as though there is nothing to be thankful for. Like the way that life has played itself out for you has been so painful, has been so disappointing, dissatisfying, discouraging, whatever it is, like, I feel like we have to be very careful because at some point in our lives, it will feel like there is nothing to be thankful for. And so how do we, how are we then thankful for things that we're not thankful for because we don't have it, because they're not the way they should be? How do we find and make room to be grateful when it's very hard to be grateful And that's when I look at, and that's when God really revealed to me, he's like, all right, Catalina, in the midst of this period of my life when things weren't weren't good at all, um, to the point where honestly, I'm thankful, honestly, I don't think I was suicidal, but it was only because of my kids. If it wasn't for my kids, I think I would have seriously considered um, that as an option, but I was at a point where I was ready to go and see my GP and get depression medication. And I'm the type of person who doesn't even take a Panadol. Like, I don't, I don't take any medications for anything. You can't prescribe me anything. Like, we just, we just very convicted on, on not going that route. Obviously, clarification, when there is a need for that, I'm all for it. So it's not like I'm never going to go to a hospital or never going to receive any type of medication and stuff like that. So, um, but in terms of like, if I have a headache, I just, I just deal with it. Um, if, you know, I broke my elbow, I did take, um, painkillers for that on the first night. Cause I, that was bad. Um, so it's, 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 I'm the type of person who's like, you know, I will avoid medication where possible. Um, 
and as much as possible. So for me to go on like depression medication, like antidepressants, that was like that. In Catalina's world, things are really not good, not good at all if, I've, if I'm getting to that point. Um, but I was at that point and God was like, all right, Catalina, if there is literally nothing that you feel you can be thankful for, can you try and be thankful for me? And that was so, so, I felt like it was, it was an eye-opener. As I was working my way through that chapter and just learning so many new concepts of what repentance looks like, what commitment to God looks like, what uh, faithfulness looks like, I came to a point where I'm like, the thing I should strive for the most is finding joy in God and in God's goodness and in God's mercy towards me. Because that is consistent. That will always be the same. When I'm sick and maybe I'm on my deathbed and I can't thank God for my health, God's like, but you can be joyful in salvation. You can be joyful in what there is to come through like living for eternity with God. You can be joyful for the fact that I will keep you company until the end. I will hold your hand and I will strengthen you. Um, you know, if if my marriage had a fallen apart because my depression was impacting our marriage um, so much, I might not be able to be thankful for my marriage, but I would be able to be thankful for the fact that God will keep me company and that God will strengthen Steve. Like there was just so many things that God is like, please stop worrying about being thankful for things that at that in that particular situation, at that particular time, things that you really aren't thankful for. Like it's great for you to write a list of three things in the evening that you're grateful for from that day. But if you really aren't thankful for, I mean, I wasn't functioning. I'm like, I was crying like probably probably like 70% of the time and then I was sleeping like 10% of what was left. The the small amount that I was awake and functioning, trust me, that I was there was nothing to be thankful for in that particular state of mind. And so God's like, you know what, instead of trying to pretend to be thankful for things that you're not really thankful for, you're not thankful for life because you at a moment aren't really living life. Um, you're not thankful for your kids because at the moment, you know, they're just a burden because you're trying to deal with your own stuff. You're not thankful for your marriage because your marriage at the moment is not fulfilling and is not what um, God can make it. There was just so many things that I was just like, let me be thankful for the sun and how warm it is. And let me be thankful for my country because like, it was just like so robotic that God's like, please, Catalina. Like, <laughs> God's like, I know you're not thankful for those things and like with a sincere heart, Catalina, I'm not a fool. Um, but God's like, can you just be thankful for me? And that honestly, like, 
just changed everything because God is like, no matter how bad your day was, no matter how discontent you are with things, no matter how much it feels like your world in its own little way is falling apart, I'm still the same. I can still be the joy of your life. The fact that you are saved, the fact that you are redeemed, the fact that you are forgiven, like that should put a smile on your face. As much as the water is something to be grateful for, as much as your kids being healthy and your kids loving God and your husband being the husband that you have, as much as all of that is a blessing and something to be thankful for, when I don't have clean water, And when my kids, if they make a choice to not follow God and if something happens to my husband, like, then what am I thankful for? Like, if the things on my list can't be on my list any longer, my list of gratitude, what's going to happen then? Like, what will I be happy for? And if, if I'm in a position like Job, where my whole world has just been destroyed Where do I sit? How do I sit in gratitude? How do I find joy in those types of situations? So I guess that's what I really just wanted to to invite you is to add to your gratitude list, not just the things that we have, um, not just the situation that we find ourselves in, um, not just be thankful for the here and now, But I also want to invite you that as you are are grateful for God's blessings on your life, to also be grateful for who God is, how he chooses to interact with you, how he has chosen to die for you, to forgive you, to strengthen you, to sanctify you, to keep you company, to give you a sense of belonging. Like all those things are the things that I believe are the most important things that we can be grateful for. You know, I think of, I often have this conversation with the same types of people, um, but we talk about like in third world countries, like how people are just so grateful and we try and understand, I guess, for us who are, like I was born in Chile, so um, I'm pretty much aware of like what goes on in Chile in the sense of I've visited there quite a few times, so I've seen what it's like to live in Chile. I, I've seen what it's like to to live in a third world country and I've only gone there for like, you know, really short periods of time. I can only multiply that and imagine what it must be like to live in these countries but we see like a different level of gratitude in these countries than what we see in first world countries in developed countries it's just it's it's just completely different like they're just parallel experiences and parallel levels of gratitude um I I look at those countries and as I look at these countries and we have the discussions that I have with the same people that we, we, it's the same group of people that we have this particular discussion with, we're like, why, why are the countries that are most blessed, I will say, and, and I will say, seem as though they're least 
their commitment is so much less than third world countries. You know, we have like in in some of the remote areas, you know, you have like pastors. We hear in our mission stories, pastors who ride their bikes for four hours, you know, to go from church to church. And, you know, it's it's on dirt tracks and uh, we have this missionary who, you know, would organize Bible studies for a group of people in a village where, you know, half the people were criminals or like we hear all these stories of like super active people. And then we think of like our local conferences here in Australia and you're like, what are we doing? Like we organized like a youth program and, you know, three youth attended or, um, you know, we organized an evangelistic series and we got three people from the community came and, you know, it's so challenging because you're like, man, do we not have like the same Holy Spirit being poured out over us as we do over these third world countries? Like we try and work out what, you know, in third world countries, like they fill up stadiums, like they fill up stadiums with people, baptize 3000, you know, and here we're just like, God, please just give us one baptism for our local church this year. Like, it's just so different. And anyway, so as, as we sort of reflect on this idea of like, what is the difference? Why are, why are people so much more committed, or at least it perceives to be so much more committed and just dedicated to serving God in countries where, he, I mean, if, if, if you want to be angry at God, maybe for the lot that you got given, like, You'd think people in third world countries would have and not not us. Like, we've got it all. We should be the ones that are like, oh, thank you so much, God, because we have everything. But yet it seems like everything does nothing for our, our level of gratitude and our response to service. And I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what the answer is. That's why we, this group of us, constantly have this same discussion um, I don't know what the answer is, but I think the simplicity of just being grateful for nothing because you have nothing maybe makes more room to be thankful for the important things. It gives you a greater desire to share the little that you do find joy in, which is in salvation, which is in the gospel, where maybe for us here we just there's so many things to be grateful for that we often miss the mark in being grateful for the greatest thing to be grateful for. I don't know. Like, honestly, I don't know. But that's what I really wanted to just chat to you about today. About, yes, be grateful for the water. Be grateful for your bowel movements. Be grateful for, you know, the, the car that you're able to drive to work. You don't have to walk to work. And if you do have to walk to work... Be grateful for the fact that you have two legs that are able to get you to work. Um, and even if that, if, if maybe your health is not at the, at the best right now, be thankful that you do have a job, that you can still go to work. And, and if you don't have work, be thankful for the fact that you can still look for work. Like, I feel that there's no place in which you can't be grateful for something but I understand when your mind is in a position where you're so overwhelmed with the negativity of your situation 
that it feels as though there's nothing to be thankful for. And so for people who find themselves in that position, like I found myself in that position where I honestly was like, I have nothing to be grateful for right now because the things that normal people would be grateful for are the very things that I'm just like resenting at the moment. Um, I invite you to be grateful for the things that God is, the things that God claims to be, and the very things that God is showing on your life. One of the greatest things that I have really learned to just be thankful for is God's mercy on my life and God's grace. To be able to see God guide me through situations Place me in positions where my life is where it is now. Like the protection that he had over me. Um, in moments where honestly, like I was ready to give up on Christianity, but God still showed up. When I see just his hand protecting me and shielding me, um, like that, I'm grateful for that. Like that, that, that is something that I'm just like, my heart is moved when I see God's mercy on my life and throughout my life, through my childhood years, like the things I could have got into when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, like because my parents were so busy, I literally could have got up to so much trouble, but I see God's mercy like I just see it so abundantly from like 10. Like that was when I started getting into things that I shouldn't have gotten into. Um, that brings me joy. That makes me grateful. When I think about God's grace, when I think about how much that God loves me despite who I am, despite the choices that I've made and God's still like hey Catalina it's nice to be with you um Catalina I love it when you're in my presence thank you for spending time with me when I'm like when I think about that I'm just like God thank you that's what I'm thankful for that are the the foundational blocks of what I'm thankful for the water and my linen and my car and my house and my five bedrooms and um, my kids' health and my kids and my husband and my dog and my family. Like that is all, all of that sits on the foundation of my gratitude towards God for who he is to me, uh, for who he is to humanity that that is the most important so i pray that you can continue to be thankful but may your thankfulness be grounded and be established on acknowledging and being aware and being sensitive to the awesome god that we serve and however that awesomeness is revealed in your life whether it is that he has worked in miraculous ways in your life whether he has uh, constantly been drawing you closer to him, whether it is you have seen his mercy, you have seen how merciful he is, 
when you were in a position in your life where you were messing up um, and God's like, I still got you. I'm still protecting you. I'm still trying to hold you back from falling into the fullness of whatever your choices are, uh, whether it's his grace, uh, whether you, you have seen his unmerited love towards you. And may the joy be found in his salvation that regardless of what we do, regardless of how we behave, Salvation is offered to us every single second of every single day because that's how much God desires for you to be saved, to experience the benefits of salvation in this life, but because he also desires for you to experience the benefits of salvation for eternity. Um, May your joy be found in who God is and in all that he has to offer you, and in all that he has done in your life, even when you didn't even realize it. All right, fam, until next week, my prayer, my hope, and my desire is that you stay warm in God's love, that you stay cool for Jesus' name, and may the Holy Spirit continue to reveal to you the abundance of things that we are to be grateful for, And may he also reveal to you the abundance of God's goodness and God's character so that you can also be grateful about about that even more than the things. Um, May your gratitude be established and built on the framework of God's goodness. All right. See you next week. Ciao.